hello, hello. We are here with another episode of Down and Dirty with Danit. And I have a guy that literally is everywhere. You can't, you can't go. I mean, I saw him at Westside Comedy Club. I saw him at some boondock racetrack, not boondock, whatever, great racetrack or wherever we were in New Jersey. He's on every stage. He's running around touring. Please, sir, introduce yourself. Hello, everyone. Dennett, nice to see you again. Yes. Sergio Chacon. New York-based comic, born and raised in the Lower East Side, and I'm happy to be here. How are you? <laughs> I am good. How are you? I'm doing I'm well. So happy Feeling to have good. you here, Sergio. I feel like um, I feel like you know, having someone like you on my podcast like puts me on a different level. Like I'm leveling up. I'm leveling up. You know, like well, you're, I appreciate you're, that. Yeah, you're really touring and doing everything. Um, so I have to start with this question. I think I know the answer to it, but I have to start with it. Um, what is your current relationship status? I'm married. Been married for three years. Wow. I have uh, a nine-year-old daughter. Nine? And, uh, and, me, and me and my wife actually met at a comedy show over <laughs> 10 years ago. You're familiar with Down There Rawlings, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. So I was doing a, he had a Monday night show called Mashup Mondays at a place called Laugh Lounge. Mm. And her, uh, my wife now, her brother used to DJ for Donnell and she was sitting in the front row. It was a light show, like six people. She was sitting in the front row on a date, blind date. Wow. And I made her laugh. She was a very good audience member. And that was the first time I met her. And then I was really introduced to her again, re-reintroduced to her again at Danelle's uh, barbecue. Okay. And then, yeah, we hit it off and then we've been together since. Wow. Okay. So she was friends with him. She wasn't just like a random she, she person was, at the show. She was uh, the, the, the sister of the DJ. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. Got it. Yeah. 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 And she was on, a, it was funny because she was on a date when I first met her. And, and did you like do crowd work with them? Did you like pick on them as they were on this weird you know blind what? date? I don't, I, I, I remember going into a, a bit and she being very receptive to it. Like, I just remember like it was a light audience and she was very engaged. You know how it is. If yeah. It's a small audience. Sometimes, sometimes you'll get audience members, especially in a small crowd, mm -hmm. a little tentative about being the person laughing or act, you know, or, or showing a display of enjoyment. She wasn't mm -hmm. like that. She was very much into it. And I was like, this is a relief, you know, that someone's like really into it. It was like six people in the audience. Right, right. The worst is like six people in the audience and they don't even make a sound. <laughs> yeah, and you, yeah. Oh, yeah, you get that. Because then that that feeling of, you know, of they, they some of them become tentative. They, even though they're enjoying themselves, they don't want to be the person laughing. They're just a little mm -hmm. bit like, they almost become like bashful. Yeah, yeah. That's an it's interesting, weird. yeah, it's an interesting like first date, like on a blind date to take someone to a comedy show. So like I get taken to comedy shows all the time on dates. Do you really? That's hilarious. 
They're like, oh my God, you do comedy. Let me take you to see comedy. <laughs> and I'm like, fine. I mean, I, I always am like, I'm such a consumer of comedy because like, I want to see people like you and Chris and everybody that I follow. Like, that's how I learn. That's how I grow. Um, and like, because I'm a lawyer during the day and not like, I'm not struggling. I'll be honest the way that other people are because I've been a lawyer for a while. So like I can go and spend the money on the tickets, but it's always funny when they're like, okay, like I'll take you to this bringer show. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> like whatever we can go. I feel like it's more difficult to find a bringer show than a, a real, a real <laughs> show, a real pro show. How do they know the difference? Maybe their friend is performing on the show? No, I got taken once to Westside Comedy Club. This is pre-COVID. Um, and it was like, I, he sent it to me before. It wasn't a first date. Um, he sent it to me before. And I said, I don't know who anybody is, but looks okay. Like, I mean, I know the club. It was like a class graduation. Like, that's what I realized when we got there. So, I mean, I guess he just went to the website. Like, you know, the average person who doesn't know comedy, like I know who everybody, not everybody, but I know like I'm a comedy nerd. I follow people. So like if like the normal person doesn't know who anybody is, so they're just like, okay, 7 p.m. Wednesday, West Side, that's, that's convenient. Like I'll take you there. And you know, some people were pretty good. Like I was impressed. There was... Of course, the girl that does all the blowjob jokes. You know, that I'm going to like. <laughs> did, you guys, did you guys enjoy it, though? Yeah, yeah. Um, back in the day, when I was still in college, I got taken to Dangerfields um, on a date. And that was before I did any comedy. I mean, I was like 20 years old. And he didn't laugh the whole time. And that weirded me out. Like, that's that weird. Strange. Like... There was this guy Spanky. Yes, that's exact. Totally stoic, just sat there. And there was a guy Spanky. Never seen him again, but I remember that was his name. And he was hilarious. Maybe Spanky, Spanky, where are you? You were great at Dangerfields like 20 years ago, whatever it was. I'm not 40 yet, so not quite 20 years, but almost. But so like that, that, that's what weirded me out. Like you're not laughing. That's weird. But other than that, I think... <laughs> So I was like, yeah, you know take what's funny? Back. I think the date that my uh that my wife had wasn't laughing either. I remember he had glasses and he was just like this. No. Like he he can't. was watching uh uh-uh. Yeah, like he was watching freaking, I don't know, uh like some war movie or something, you know, like Pearl Harbor or something. <laughs> that's that's weird. Like when, I, when, I, when, when I first started like attending comedy shows in my early teens, we, I used to get free passes mm -hmm. on McDougal Street. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and there was a place, you remember Boston Comedy Village? I I remember, I like never been there, but that's oh, like man. before it, my time. That place was so nostalgic to me because it was small, intimate, real like grimy, but it had like an elevated stage. I have an affinity to high stages. I like okay. high stages. And I like... You know, when they make it look, you know, I like the, the the exposed brick wall. They had a fireplace. I just like the setup to it. Mm -hmm. It had, uh, you know, like stadium style seating. It was kind of cool. Only for like 100 people. And I used to get free passes all the time. And I used to see Greer Barnes. Mm. Uh, you know, he's still doing the damn yeah. thing. Uh, Tony Woods, you mm -hmm. know, uh, 
Patrice O'Neill. Oh, the first God, time I yeah. saw Patrice, I didn't even know he was a comic. I walked by the front of the club and I over and I just remember this presence, like a guy towering over everybody else. And right before I walked past him, he was yelling at somebody. He was like, "You're a vegan? How are you gonna be that fat and be a vegan? What do you eat bushes?" And that was my first introduction to Patrice. I had no idea he was a comic. I had no idea who he was, but his presence, the, the fitted baseball cap, mm -hmm. he had a, like a water in his hand and uh, the voice. And I'll never forget it. And then I went to the club that night and he actually went on stage and he killed, but it was so fun. I, this is this is over 20 years ago. Right, right. And I, it's nice. and I saw him countless times at that club, sometimes on Sunday nights, mm -hmm. small audience. And he used to dig himself in a hole, like dig himself in a hole where he used to like bash the audience. He would sit back and ask the audience, why would you come out on a Sunday night? You know, most of you guys have work tomorrow. Why, why, why would you do this? You have no <laughs> idea what the entertainment is gonna be like. Why would you do this? And everyone was all like, you know, mm -hmm. getting all, you know, it's their feelings about it. And he would just turn the room around and had us all laughing like we were friends and family for years. He was that good. That's awesome. It's so interesting when you see people like before they blow up, you know, and like you see them in much smaller spaces. It's just, yeah, it, it it's just wild. Like I, I feel like, so like I'm still like, you know, I, I'm in all the small spaces. Like I'm producing my own show tomorrow night. This podcast will come out after it. Um, and I'm what do you hosting, produce your show at? Um, I'm doing it at this bar in Murray Hill that my friend's a part owner of, uh, Home Base, which like if it works, then like I love a good bar show that can like be in a dip. Like what's in Murray Hill? Like nothing. There's no comedy in Murray Hill. That's and, Brooklyn, like, right? What? Is that Brooklyn? No, Murray Hill is like the 30s on the east side. Right. My yeah. bad. My bad. I'm thinking yeah. Clinton Hill. I'm yes. Thinking Hill. You're thinking Clinton, which is a great part of Brooklyn. But um I, yeah, there's nothing, there's nothing on the east side in the 30s. I mean, you got New York Comedy Club, which is a little further down. That's considered, I guess, more Gramercy, I guess. I, I don't think know. so. But, yeah. Yeah, there's really not much going on around there. So that's probably that's probably a good location. Yeah, yeah. It's just that the venue requires certain minimum and everything. And it's like stressful. Like I'm sure you know it's like super stressful to get butts in seats. And nobody wants to commit during COVID. Like, God forbid you spend money on a ticket. And then, I mean, my office is closed for two weeks. We just had a COVID outbreak. Nobody's wow. going in. So like, I mean, and this is like, we're in September, 2021 already. We're a year and a half into COVID. So it's like weird. Um, but then I'm also like hosting a mic on Saturdays at the tiny cupboard in Brooklyn, in Bushwick. I hear a lot of good things about that space. You know what? It's the hot spot in like, yeah. I would say the tiny cupboard, of course, then there's like Eastville there, but also um, Old Man Hustle. Like those are like the popular Brooklyn spots. And I need to like infiltrate Brooklyn. Like I'm not, mm -hmm. you know, I'm in Washington Heights. It takes me an hour and a half to get to Bushwick. It's fucking annoying. How, yeah. Yeah. That's a, that, that's a little bit of a trek. How long have you been in, been in Washington Heights? I moved here in October. So like, oh wow! A lot of Dominicans. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Dímela loco, dímela, dímela loco. Yes, yes, and then religious Jews. So not the Jew oh, that. Really? I there's, a, there's a lot of religious Jews. A I lot, like, oh yeah. I thought it was all Dominican. You know what's funny? Yeah. You know how you have an experience somewhere and we talk about, like, you know, we were just talking about Boston Comedy Club and I, I can smell it when we talk about mm -hmm. it. I can see, like, the figures who impressed me. The, uh, Washington Heights scares the hell out of me because I was, like, 20 years old. I smoked a lot. Mm -hmm. And I just happened to go up there with a friend and I made the mistake of doing that in public. Now, you got to understand, I have, for some reason, I was going through some sort of a identity crisis. I couldn't choose what I wanted to be. So I had like a leather pea coat on. I had a a, 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 a kufi. You know what a kufi is? No, what is it's that? Like, the, like the, the knitted hats that Muslims wear. Oh, okay. Okay, so I got like a, 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 a leather pea coat, a, a turtleneck, a kufi on. There's a lot of different things going on, right? And like royal blue wallaby shoes. And I remember I smoked and I got so freaking paranoid. And, and like, and, and I didn't speak, the, you know, I don't speak Spanish. So everybody okay. out there was speaking Spanish. And I was just like so paranoid. And I could, I, I felt like I could understand what people were saying, but I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> and I became, I got really hot and, and I had to take off my coat. So now I'm like walking down the street with my friend and his cousin. I have a kufian. They're all dressed like an urban attire. I'm way too dressed up for the street walk. Like I got a turtleneck, like a little chain coming out of it. A kufi. Like I, I'm, what I'm trying to say is I'm standing out. Like yes. I, I'm the lightest one. Yes. Know? And this guy comes up to us and he's trying to sell a gun. Oh he's my like, God. Oh, you know, you want a gun? And, like, and, and, and it's blowing my mind. Like I just want to go back home. I just want to go back to Boston Comedy Village. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember my friend's cousins talking about me in Spanish. Like, oh, why are you hanging out with this kid? He does, you know, but and I, I didn't know what they were saying exactly, but I knew it was about me. And I'm just paranoid. I'm like so paranoid. And I and my excuse to get out of the situation was, oh, I want to meet friends. I want to go play pool downtown. Okay. That was what I was telling them. And my friend's cousin says, oh, there's a pool hole right up the block. I'm like, of course there is, right? And uh, I was like, no, I want to go to the one downtown. Uh, you know, it's not that expensive. He's like, how much is it? I was like, it's $15 for like two games. He's like, come to the one I'm going to take you to right up the block. It's 50 cents. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I just couldn't get out of anything, you know? <laughs> Finally, I said, I'm going home, you know? But I, I just remember... It was horrifying. I was so hot. My eyes were beat red. Mm -hmm. You know, <laughs> like I thought That's the world was funny. crashing around me. Yeah. You know, it's definitely. And it's a fine place. That's just what happens when you can't handle. Oh, yeah. Well, first of all, Washington Heights is definitely like a different kind of neighborhood. Like I'm in the super gentrified part. I'll be honest. Like there's between like 181st and like 190th west of Broadway. It's like this 10 block radius of like super gentrification. Um, so it's like a different place. But it's like I can't get a good apartment like that I want anymore. Like it's just the rents are so crazy. So I was like, it's time to just fuck the location or whatever, like not worry about it that much. 
and get an apartment that I really love. I just, here's what I'm really afraid of in Washingtonites. Here, forget about what you're talking about. Here's the real issue. There's a lot of spinsters, okay? Is that like not a PC spinster, like an old single lady? Is that that what is abundant up there? Very abundant, (laughs) very abundant. And I was like, so my thing is always like, is it contagious? Like, (laughs) am I gonna get it because I'm up here? Like, I'm still trying to go on dates, but now it's even harder because guys are like, you live in Washington Heights. Like if a guy is in Brooklyn, and I tell him I live in Washington Heights. His next response is, so when is the next time you're going to be in Brooklyn? Uh, I'm like, nah. I was like, I'll be in Bushwick doing the open mic at the tiny club. Yeah, how long? Saturday. I mean, going to, going to Brooklyn, it's like what? An hour? Depending which part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. An hour. An hour and a half. That's nothing, man. An hour is fine. That's like, you know, two episodes of Seinfeld. That's true. That's true. You know? That's true. That's yeah. how you rationalize it. Yeah. That's this how you is, sell them. Yeah. I can't, I mean, I don't want a cat, but I definitely can't get a cat because then I will be an old lady in Washington Heights. Yeah. I, I, I felt like I was going to see a cat pop up on your couch. I was just waiting. Any no. Moment. God forbid. No, 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 no. We got to keep, we got to keep. What kind, what, kind of, what kind of law is it that you practice? Um, I do civil defense litigation. So like I go to court, I do motions, like, you know, that kind of stuff. So it keeps my day busy. Um, Today was kind of busy. I actually was on a virtual court appearance. That's what we do now. We go on Zoom with the judge, which is interesting. Um, And then I'm like, uh, I got to I got to record my podcast. I got to I got to take a break. I got to do my set for tomorrow. I got to, I have a new Gen Z millennial joke. I want to talk about Jinko jeans. I got to do my bit about Jinkos. See if it works. So I'm like, I don't have time. Um, no, but like, they're cool. I think, I think the thing is, is that I'm hoping like we have all this cancel culture, right? But like, I think that it's like a weird thing in like 2021, it's like at the same time that you have cancel culture, you also have like people not giving a shit about the stuff they used to care about. Like letting you be like more open and do different things. And like, like when I first started comedy, I didn't tell anybody at work. Like, I mean, even when I was doing improv, which improv is like, so not the same in the sense of like, you're not writing material and like really offending people. Like you'd have to like really do something weird in a group and like, you're not alone. So like you have other people to go down with you. So when I started doing (laughs) improv in like 2013, I wouldn't tell my boss or anything. And now I'm open about it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's funny how, um, uh, you know, sometimes we're asked before a show, right. Mm. A podcast specifically, Hey, uh, if we need to edit anything out, just let me know. That's like the, the cautionary thing before mm-hmm. a show starts. And I tell people all the time, I'm like, I don't have shit. You know, so I'm not worried about being canceled. I don't I don't have anything, right? It's like, what are you going right. to cancel, you know? Like, right. So I like to go by that. And also, I've been a part of a society that had everything. Right. Know, I grew up in, in the Lower East Side of New York. There was, there was gays uh, all over the place, transgender people, black, white, uh, Asian. Like, I grew up in the midst of everything. Like, right. I never looked at anything with, a, you know, with disdain or 
or awkwardness. It was just what it was. Mm-hmm. So not as a magnifying a magnifying glass, whatever everything. It just seems like what I, I've been exposed to this, and I you know I know how to move around. I never felt I never felt like it was, it was any need for discussion. But not everyone grows up in in, in, in a place so diverse. Oh, I totally. But I will say, growing up like that, all the different groups made fun of each other. Like, that's just what you did. Like, and, and we did it. That was the defense mechanism. Like, I knew what I was. I knew what you were. And we would make fun of it. And it, but it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't uh, from a malicious place. Right. You know, it was, you know, but it's so weird now how with everything, you have to be like super careful. You start to question yourself. You're like, oh my God, am I racist? I never thought I was racist. But because it's such a thing, it's like, maybe I am a fucking racist. <laughs> Oh, maybe I don't. Maybe I am. I'm not that tolerant. Like you start to question it because mm-hmm. like it's in your face so much. I'm like, Jesus Christ. No, I mean it's like we all have biases. So like even um this uh week's this weekend's episode of Bill Maher of Real Time with Bill Maher, he had Dan Savage on. You know, he's like the sex expert. He writes all these books, and he he's like a big uh, LGBTQ advocate, and and um. I forgot which politician, maybe AOC, it sounds like her, but somebody, they were talking about how somebody said, like, because of everything going on in Texas with abortion, well, abortion shouldn't just be a women's issue because men menstruate. And that is, and, and the point was saying, like, a trans man who hasn't had the bottom surgery, right, is, like, identifying as a man, living life as a man, but but still can get pregnant and get their period because they still have all the parts downstairs. And some of them, like what Dan Savage was saying is like some of them like don't want the bottom surgery so that they can like be with a woman and then get pregnant or I don't know. Okay, I'm, I'm messing it up. Whoever they're with, that they could still get pregnant, whoever they want to be with. But like, it's, it's, it- but like, it's what like, and now I'm like, could I get canceled for what I'm about to say? Totally. I get it. Being trans is super hard, not taking anything away from that. But like abortion, like when people, especially in Texas, go after Roe v. Wade and like want to uh, put women in jail for getting abortions, put people put people in jail for getting the abortion. It's an attack on women. Like, are we allowed to say that? Like, I think we're allowed to say that. Can abortion be my thing? Can I be into that and not have to feel like like I'm not being PC enough? Like, no. what? I, 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 yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, it, it's supreme dirtbag shit. What was going on down there? Oh yeah. And I and I honestly don't don't. It, but Texas has always been on some dirtbag shit. They've always felt like their own. They've always been supremely dirtbag. Mm-hmm. You know, they had like the most, they talk about like pro, pro-life pro and everything. And this is ironic, but I remember when Bush was in office, they like killed the most people on death row. Like they oh, were, yeah. they had a record of how many people like they, they so Texas has always been very obscure, like upside down place that way with their bullshit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. And it's like, okay, we can say if you're male identifying trans person, but you haven't had the bottom surgery, yes, you still get your period. But okay, abortion is 
to try to dictate what women can do with their bodies? Are we allowed to still say, it's like, we're not allowed to say anything. Like we, we can say things, you know, it's like, when my family gets together for Passover, it just happened because we, 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 you know, with COVID, we couldn't get together um, in April 2020. And then in April 2021, we, or March, whenever Passover was this year, we all went to Florida as a whole family. Within two hours of us getting together, everybody has to talk about the Holocaust. <laughs> <laughs> it's like... Do we have to talk about it again? Like, no, I'm not diminishing it. The Holocaust was awful, 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 awful. But there's lots of things to talk about. You know, I don't know. Like, it's like, we know that it happened. We know we were all part of families that it happened to. We don't have to bring it up every single time we're doing something. Like, remember that? I'll tell you this. I, I was, um, I, I was, I just came back from Florida and there was a lot of Jewish people on the plane mm. and I had no idea. I was like, why? Like, why? I knew it was holidays, but now you confirm that uh, a, a lot of Jewish, Jewish people go to Florida, mm-hmm. uh, I, I guess for the holidays. Yeah. And, um, and it, it's so funny because on my block the other day, there was these young Jewish guys and they were like in a little, they were like in a little crew, you know, like there was like mm-hmm. 12 of them and they looked like they were, you know, looking for something and they, <laughs> and they, and they, they were very aggressive. Like, they say, are you Jewish? And I'm like, oh my God. I'm definitely and it's not the first time they asked me that. I'm like, I definitely don't look Jewish. I've never seen a Jewish man with tattoos, an Orthodox Jew with tattoos, uh, a pit bull, flip flops. <laughs> like, I'm like, you sure? You guys haven't been drinking a little bit for the holidays? Because I'm definitely not Jewish, fellas. And it's not That's the first funny. time I've been asked. That's like, interesting. And they're, and they're considerably younger. They're younger guys. They're like, oh yeah, like in, like in their teenage or, or like the early twenties. Yeah, they're so like eighteen, nineteen. Yeah, yeah. They they want to. I mean, they come up to me too. I've had girls come up to me. Um, they want you to like light Shabbat candles or like whatever. It's not even worth getting into the. It's there's a thing called to fill in that only men do, and they wrap it around their arm and the top of their head. In the morning, yeah, so I, saw, I saw one uh, another gentleman at the airport, and he had uh, a leather strap. Yep, that's to fill it. And mm-hmm. I thought he was going to shoot up in the airport. I was like, "Whoa, COVID!" No, that's <laughs> to fill it. And they wanted to wrap your arm in it. They want to know. <laughs> no, sometimes I'm like, "How do you know I'm Jewish? Like, how do you know? I don't know." <laughs> Do you really know? Can you? And I'm actually, I try to be kind of nice where I'm like, nah, I'm not religious. Like, I don't want to be. Don't give me Shabbat candles. I'm good. I, I know a lot. You're like, so. I prefer a pumpkin spice from Ikea. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the Lower East Side has a huge Orthodox population for many, many years. Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. I, grew, I, I grew up in the mix of all that. I grew up in Lower East Side by like Grand and Essex. Mm. So, yeah. So I used to, I used to, um, my, my lovely neighbors, the Steinbergs, they live right across from me when they were hardcore religious, they kind of, they toned it down a little bit as they got older. Okay. Um, I used to, I used to turn on their lights for them. Oh, that's sweet. Then, would you, would you mind? I was like, you know what? It's interesting how you don't want to do it yourself, but you want the benefits of electricity. I think you have to wait till tomorrow. And then I would go like this, like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it. I'm like, should I? No, should I? No. Well, that's so I would something. I go on the elevator yeah. and they want me to press uh-huh. that button. Oh yeah. 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 I mean, 
it's like I've been asked to press the button and I'm like, I'm going to press it for you, but I want you to know that I'm a Jew. Like, that's why I said, I'm going to press for you. This is why I don't agree with this. If you're not going to do something, then don't do it. Like, I don't, I just, and, and, and like, um, I just, it's too, it's too much. I can't do anything like super religious. Like, I think like, I think like uber religious of all religions is rough. Like, you know, it's, it's oppressive. It makes you like the guilt, like, oh, so much guilt to keep it hard with the guilt. My, my, my tax person, uh, Ellen, she, she's Jewish. She's so funny. Before me and Liz got married, she says to me, she goes, well, I'm looking at your taxes, Sergio. They don't look great. I mean, if you, you can get some money back, but if you get married, why don't you get married? You don't want to get married. You don't want to get married. <laughs> she was so cute. She, and then she would tell her coworkers, like, he doesn't want to get married. How long have you been together? I was like, 10 years. Oh, 10 years, you don't want to get married. Like, yeah, he doesn't want to get married. And so when we finally got married, I said, Ellen, I got my paperwork. I came with a big little folder and I said, we're married. And I wrote, and I got all my receipts. So you got married. Look, Barbara, he got married. I made him get married. He got married. He listened to me. Let's look at your paperwork. She was so cute. So funny. I love it. So, you're, so your daughter is nine years old. Yes. And she's growing up on the Lower East Side. So are you trying yes. to keep her like not becoming a snowflake where she's offended by everything all the time. Keep her real. She's not what, but what, not becoming I, I a snowflake, like, a snowflake what? where she's offended by everything. No, man. You know, that, that, that comes from a media upbringing. Like in our household, we all make fun of each other. Nothing is really off limits. When a, when a, a tough question comes up, those, those tough questions are answered. I'm very honest. You know, sometimes my wife is a little better with handling certain things it's just a little mm-hmm. more like clear I, I, I you know i'm a little bit i just too much fat in it with me what i'm saying is that we're very honest and very clear um and uh yeah nothing is off limits i mean she's nine years old and we talk about everything you know and it's, it's and, and and there's no room to be a, a super hyper uh, sensitive or or uh, offended by anything of course we want her to have feelings yeah <laughs> but you know She's just well, well exposed to a lot of different things. Uh, you know, a, a lot of us are very silly and well grounded. We don't, we don't take anything too serious. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. Has she? It's, yeah. It's, it's all this shit too short. You know what I'm saying? Like we gotta totally. have a good time. You know. Totally. Has she? I know she's only nine, but has she asked about like period or sex or boot, like Absolutely. any of that stuff? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and um, my wife does a good job of explaining it mm-hmm. in a scientific manner. And uh, like a question arise uh, about like sex, it, is it done for enjoyment? And we simply say yes, absolutely, mm-hmm. not just for procreation. People who have sex, to, you know, for a good time. I say really, <laughs> <laughs> and I walked away with a hot face. That's hard. What do you? Yeah, yeah. What do you think you're going to be like when she's like a teenager and older or trying to like go on dates? I think I'm going to be fine. I, okay. I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think I don't add, um, the, the, those, I don't think about that too much. And, but I think when it happens, I'll just be, uh, completely honest and there for her. If she needs to talk about something, I'm there, you know? Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. But, um, yeah. It's not something that I, I'm preoccupied with at all. Really, well, that's present good. day. This is what, yeah, I don't get caught up with that, you know. 
Yeah. Yeah. Cause like, I mean, so my niece is 14. She just started high school and I'm like, is she going to touch a dude? Like, I hope she doesn't like, I don't know. 14 is like, it could, it could be early for some people late for other people. I don't know. 14, she could be doing stuff. She's religious though. She's Orthodox. So hopefully she's not touching boys, but like, it makes me nervous. And I like, I don't know why it makes adults nervous. Everyone has done it before. Right. And everyone has that, like, you know, like you, when we were kids, we all had our own route, you know, some of it's a little bit like, Oh, we should have done that. But for the most part, we're all fine. You know, we're fine. Yeah, we're know? fine. And I, I, I can't, I can't meddle. You know, what I have to do is be very clear with, um, with going with your intuition, not going okay. against your intuition, right? Having confidence in your movement, not doing anything because uh, you, 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 you're, you're, you're uh, being. Uh, what's what's the word I'm looking for? Um, like pressure, peer pressure. Peer pressure into yeah. doing it, and all that stuff. I think the, it, it's created by this confidence, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that's confidence yourself, being able to articulate your thoughts, being good at a sport, or uh, celebrating her sense of humor, like mm-hmm. letting her know, oh, you're funny, like because she's she's funny, right? So we, you know, and she's gonna get that because. Everyone in the family is like quick and weird. So that all pushes, for, you know, that all is going to uh, bring uh, confidence to, to the surface. And I think when you're confident like that, a lot of the shit, the, the bullshit that we get into is, is, is bare minimum. There's always going to be that bullshit, but you're not going to move around uh, tolerating and falling into the same traps, you know? Yeah, yeah. Anytime, you know, it, anytime I, I, I felt like I was involved in something that uh that that was that, that was negative or you know not good for me i think it comes from a lack of understanding uh my myself right I, I always felt like i wasn't confident enough so i decided to to do something to overcompensate mm-hmm. if i may right yeah no that um, makes sense like you know? insecurity or like you know not feeling good about yourself um, is what makes you sometimes make the wrong decision, like totally. Yeah, yeah. and, and you yeah, know, it's okay to make the wrong decision, but when it becomes of uh, your vibe, like you know, mm-hmm. you know, so you know, we're always exercising, and it's not, it's not a conscious thing. It's just like do you know, do, do, do understand that there's uh, so many different things that you're gonna explore and and, and partake in. And whatever it is, throw yourself in that. So it's like an introduction to a lot of different things that see what grabs, so what can exercise your passion, mm. whether it's swimming, whether it's performance art, this is something that belongs to you that you can constantly see grow and nurture. That's know? awesome. So is she into anything that she's like super passionate about? No, she just hangs on the street all day. I have no idea where she's at. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's a, she enjoys swimming, she plays okay. a little piano. You know, she she loves her video games and you know, so typical so kid shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, my my nephew who's eleven is helping me win my fantasy football team at work. They don't know that he's helping me. So today, a coworker was like, "Denise, you really won last night. Can you not play your players?" I was like, "That's my goal is to win." Little <laughs> do they know, it's my eleven year old nephew logging into the account, switching up my players. Now you're um, gonna get canceled from the fantasy football league. I bet you didn't see that coming. 
Yeah, yeah. And and I already made a deal with him because this is his thing. He's so into sports. So that's what he's passionate about. So because he's helping me so much, or as he says, he's really doing it all. Um, we're, at first I said, we'll split the pot. 50, 50, it's $400 on the table, you know? And then, and then over Rosh Hashanah, my family really guilted me that he was going to do all the work. And I said, okay, fine. 60, 40. And then he's like 90, 10. No, not 90, 10. I'll give you 60%, which is $240. That's a lot for 11 year old. Yeah. For you sure. better make us win. You, <laughs> you know, you know your voice reminds me of Rachel Feinstein. Are you oh, really? Feinstein? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank yeah. you. I take that as a compliment. Yeah. Yeah, she's a, yeah you guys have a, 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 a very similar, it's very similar, you know, like the, the way you sound. Yeah. A nasal, too. a nasal Jew from Long Island. Well, it's just like, it's like something about the, yeah, the, the delivery and like your voice, you know. Um, she, she, I've known her for years. How funny is she? She's great, right? So funny. So funny. Um, very nice person, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, um, I like when she, uh, she did a bit recently about how her husband compliments her, that he's just like, says these ridiculous things. Like, I don't even remember what she said, but it was just like, there you go. There you go. Like, not like you look yeah, beautiful, yeah, yeah. honey. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, she has a bunch of stuff. like Because he's a firefighter. He's a real blue collar mm -hmm. guy. Right, right. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. So when my mom goes to me the other day, maybe it's the comedy. Guys don't like that you do comedy. I was like, Mom, and I list her all the women that are mad, all the all the women in comedy that are married to men and fine. And she was like, well, those are all exceptions. And I was like, what am I supposed to do with that? I hope I would love to to meet somebody the way that you met your wife. Like have a guy at a show that's like that girl. She's telling dick jokes on stage. I like it. And yeah, like come yeah. up to me after, you know, leave her date, leave him, let him leave his date, her, whatever. <laughs> yeah, right the, right, but you want yours to be more dramatic. You want to be right down on the spot. Oh, yeah. Like, like you take you take the dude his hand right as you get off stage and the girl's oh left alone like, oh my God. I wish, I wish, I wish. <laughs> I wish it'd be so fun. Um, <laughs> but so you, you think, yeah. I, I think uh, some dudes are intimidated mm -hmm. by fun, funny women. That's a thing, right? Oh, uh, it's a hundred percent a thing. I mean, I just think men are intimidated by successful women in general. Like, cause I lived in DC for a little bit and having nothing to do with comedy. Like I only, I hadn't started comedy yet. And when I was in DC, I, I did start comedy there, but at this point I had, and like, I was just working in DC and like, you know, DC is like a very, like everybody's in politics or law or it's anything. Very square. Very square. Totally. Very, 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 when I performed there, I was like, yo, this place has no soul. And I felt dumb. I gotta be honest. I felt like people were like super intellectual politicians. And I'm over here talking about pit bulls and crack. <laughs> like, I was, I, I definitely, like the first show, like the first two shows, I was like, yeah, I gotta switch some things up because they were sitting in the audience like this. But yeah. you know, I gotta say that it wasn't like they were mean. Mm -mm. It was just like, they were very like tight. They're very tight. They're, they're very uptight. Yeah. And even there where I'm like, I mean, 
I didn't even have a relationship there. That was like a period of time where like I barely dated, didn't meet anybody, didn't even have a boyfriend, like nothing. Cause like, I really didn't vibe with anybody. And it's like, you're in a city where like, what else do they expect me to do? Like it's DC. Of course I'm a lawyer and the guys still don't. I'm te- like, I just feel like there are guys they, that they, don't they want were successful professionals. Yeah. As well. yeah. They just, I, I think a lot of guys can talk a big game, but then when it gets down to it, like they, they really are intimidated and they don't want a girl that's like running shit. But what happens to me, so my pattern is instead I get the broke ass dude that's not intimidated at all. He's like, great, I'm going to ride this wave. She's a lawyer and a comedian. Let me get on this train. Have you dated somebody who, uh, so give me a, give me a scenario, someone who wasn't making as much money as you. Was that a good time or was it like, it was a little bit, it was, it felt a little leechy. Well, okay. So I've, I've had a lot of these guys that I've dated. The worst was, um, my ex-boyfriend that we lived together. And I mean, he ruined my finances. Like I, I paid, I mean, I had to get him out of a tax jam. I paid and I didn't have that money. Like just because I'm a lawyer doesn't mean I'm rich or have any of this extra money. And I had to get him out of jams. And like, I mean, I was in thousands of dollars of debt when I broke up with him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, which that yeah, will never he, happen. He, he, he didn't. He didn't do it illegally. You help. You trying to help him out? No, no. I was trying to help him. Like he owed a lot of taxes, and I and and I paid them for him. Yeah. Not like an illegal. No, no. Let's make that clear on the podcast. Nothing illegal. Yeah, he, yeah. he filed his taxes. He owed a lot of money back, and he had no money to pay it to the government. And I paid it for him. Yeah. And then I paid more in rent, and I paid more like. Yeah, I gave him money. Like and, that's and the truth. And he's late, and, and he's just late. He's laid up on the couch with Doritos, watching New York One on mute. <laughs> no, I mean is he did what, work. That, but... Is that what he was doing? Just relaxing, chilling out. No, he did smoking. work. Um, he, but he's, you know, there are there are always the people, and he's not the only guy that I've that I've dated like this, where like they can talk themselves up, but at the end of the day, like it's all talk. Like you say you want this kind of job instead of the job that you're in right now, but like you don't do anything to do it or you always make the wrong decision. It's like, like he, he had a a bachelor's and a master's degree in nothing that he did for work. So it's like, you didn't even study the right things to then get the job out of, of school. Like everything was like the wrong decision. So, um, so yeah. And then like, I mean, there's this other guy who's actually lives in my sister's town. He's supposedly engaged or married now. He is broker than that guy. Um, but we didn't, we weren't serious. We dated for a little while. This was like in 2015. He would like, he had like some jewelry store with his brother in the town, but like they couldn't make any money, but he would like make these engagement rings for people. But he, like, they never, like the jewelry store is not there anymore. They couldn't stay afloat. And then he also would like flip houses, but like, couldn't even get mortgages anymore. So he would take out loans on his credit card. He told me once, finally admitted to me that he was $500,000 in debt. I was like, I can't breathe. I literally can't breathe. That, that, that makes me sick. Like, I can't even imagine that. 
Yeah, that that made me anxious. Yeah, right? It's like your whole chest tightens up. You're like, <gasps> how are you ever going to be financially okay? I was like, oh, get out now. <laughs> yeah, you're constantly like this. Yeah, you're tra- like drowning. Um, and I was like, nobody taught you how to do anything right. Like, so that's my big thing now. Um, cause the live-in boyfriend, uh, I broke up with him like three years ago, a little bit more than that. So since then, like, I'm very much a stickler of like, I don't care about money, but like, are you stable? Like, do you have a good career? Like what's going on with you? Are you a hustler? There's also a difference between someone. Now, who, now when, when you're introduced to yeah. someone like that, do you get down and dirty right off the bat? Like you're going to ask them those questions right off the bat or you kind of hang out with them and figure it out for yourself? I try to hang out with them and figure it out. Like I was. I think that's a, that, that, yeah. that's a, a better way of going about it. I know some people who just flat out ask like first drink. What's your five-year plan? Are you in debt? Do you want kids? Well, here's the thing. I've heard stories like that. Yeah. The the single dating scene. Because I I work with a lot of people who are single. Mm -hmm. The thing is, the the one thing with kids is like, I am 38. So like, biologically, I'm fucked, kind of. Like, I don't have all the time in the world. So like, I do want to know what's up on some level, but I also like felt like shit putting that pressure on me. So now I'm just like, I want to date. I want to go out with people that are smart and interesting and whatever happens, happens. Like, I can't put all that pressure on myself just because I'm 38 and like, Hopefully, society, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I mean, I even was briefly seeing, he listens to my podcast, so he's going to listen to this, but I was, I was, I was seeing another comedian and he's a sweetheart. We're still friends. Um, but like, he's much younger. He's 30 years old and like, doesn't have a stable situation and he's still trying to make it. And now he's actually moving because he got into a screenwriting program. Like that's what he should be doing. I said, it's really just that you're 30 and I'm 38 and we're just in really different places. It doesn't matter. They're both doing comedy. Like you're first figuring out what you're doing and like, you know, going, you know, you, he didn't know whether he was going to stay in New York or not. And now he is leaving. And I was like, do you like, I'm not on that timeline though. That's the thing, you know, different. It's different. It feels like, uh, I don't want to feel like it has to be like an interview, like what you're saying. Like I try not to do that. Although this guy, I, so I deleted all the dating apps. So you don't even realize how bad dating apps. Like, I feel like you, you didn't. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm super interested by it all because I have, I, I train uh, uh, mostly women and my uh, uh, my training, uh, my cl- my clients for boxing are, are young women. And I, I hear it all and I'm intrigued by it, you know, by, you know, the, the, it's a hustle and by, you know, uh-huh. the stories and, you know, and the characters out there, there's characters out there. Oh, there's characters out there. I mean, yeah. I had one guy, so I deleted it the just apps. seems like everyone is treating each other like they're super disposable. Super you know? disposable. But if you do it as a woman back to the man, they're pissed. So like this one guy, um, we, we, we never met. We talked on the phone. And I don't like him. He's like... <laughs> 
I don't like him. He he's <laughs> he like. I love the honesty. I just don't like him. I don't like him. He's yeah. so. You know, there, there's a lot of. Not. I'm definitely at an age where I, there's people I don't like, and I just yeah. And if I like, and, and I'm gonna be polite, but I'm not gonna like make make it like make myself try to like you. Totally. And 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 that's totally fine. It's, it's nothing even really personal. Sometimes people's personalities don't gel together. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you, you, you ever just be around someone like I don't trust you. A hundred percent. I'm just like, yeah, I, I'm gonna follow this intuition. Right? I'm not, I don't yeah. trust you. I, I, it's gonna take a little more time. I'm not gonna jump right into talking to you about all this shit because I don't trust you. Right. And I don't, and when you're older, you don't want to like waste your time. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 So give me one thing that you don't like that he did. That's just like, I don't like, oh, oh maybe it's just the air, but sometimes it's the air about somebody. That that's what the it air. was. Yes. Yes. So he is, um, he, he sold a business at 29 and has been living off those investments for the past 10 years. He's 39 now and, and was traveling for the past 10 years, moved back to America like a month or two ago and is from Florida originally, like now moved to Brooklyn. And he's like, I, I was in third world countries. I'm like, yeah, okay. But you're like a white guy in a hostel in a third world country. Like go ride the fucking subway with the bum that has the knife on you. Like you're, you're not allowed to say bums anymore. Also, whatever. Uh, unhoused, the unhoused. You have to edit your own podcast. (laughs) I'm like, he's like, New York isn't dangerous. And I was like, you like live in Williamsburg and have no clue what's go- like he's like I ride my bike I was like okay why don't you take the subway and switch at 168th at midnight like yeah. then you tell me yeah, what you, you think about yeah this. I, I, I'm a native New Yorker born and raised on Lower East Side and the mm. shit is dangerous now yeah it's, it's super dirtbag right now super so crime is up people with mental illness and they need to be careful but there's yes. doesn't seem that there's any institutions for them or they're not they're just not they're not getting any what's going on they're not getting services yeah and everything is covid is just compounded Mm -hmm. everything right so it's like those institutions are gone drugs are rampant oh yeah uh anybody who was on the verge like tittering on should i be crazy or should i be normal they went crazy (laughs) (laughs) right they had a choice they're like you know what this is a join the party i'm gonna go crazy you have those Uh and uh, you know, so people are a little desperate. Uh, you get, you got the, you got, you got the whole thing where the cops are kind of like looking the other way. Cause oh, no they're way. totally looking the other way. And, and I know this because I have a family member that's in, you know, like I know, okay. I know people who are, and that's exactly what they said. Like, no, they, they've been they're told done. to follow instructions mm-hmm. and that's what they're doing. Like, Oh, they, they, you want to uh, defund us? Well, this is, a, these are the repercussions uh-huh. of even talking that way. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, it's That's some wild. gang shit. Oh yeah, they don't. So I'm like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, go read the fucking paper, dude. He's like, I ride my bike around Williamsburg. I was like, yeah, for a month that you've lived here. And so I don't like him. So then he keeps texting me. Listen, I'm not a, I'm not someone to ignore someone. I would have no problem being like, I don't think we're compatible. Like I'm not interested, but he keeps on writing. Like, how were your, the Jewish holidays? And then like, that's it. Like, nah, like I have nothing to respond. Like, and then 
And then I didn't respond. So like a week later, he wrote me, oh, I guess, I guess you don't want to respond or like whatever. And it's like, dude, we're strangers. Why do you care if I respond? Like, we never met. Like, what? <laughs> You're so weird. We never met. You don't care. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's that story. Yeah. So he texted me last night and I was like, what? How the fuck are you still texting me? Like, yeah. we don't know each other. Okay, so here's the question that I always ask as I'm wrapping it up because the listeners need to know. You're a perfect person for this question. If you could get down and dirty okay. with anyone, no consequences, your wife is totally okay with it. This is your hall pass. Who would it be and why? Uh, Liz, are you listening? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, we're going to have to edit this. I don't know. So many choices. <laughs> no, you're not. You, let me tell you, you're not the first person that can't think of someone. Yeah, no, those are hard. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm, I always get, I always get stumped with questions like that. Any celebrity? Do you watch reality TV? No, you have no one. You're just well, happy with your, your wife. Who's mine? I have a bunch, but like Sasha Baron Cohen. Yeah, Sasha Baron Cohen. I love him. Um, I've said him before in the podcast. Like, um, like I'm trying to think. Uh, like for a while, here's a random one that I've never said before. Um, when I was watching Sons of Anarchy, when it used to be on that blonde guy, and I'm not even into blondes, but Charlie Hunnam was like, I was like, wow, I should. Maybe that's who the see. maybe that's who was be, uh, on the other side of the phone riding his bike in Williamsburg. I know, but it's a you bicycle. Didn't give him a chance. It's a bicycle. It's not a bike. <laughs> <laughs> I know. On a, on, a, on, a, on, a, on a city bike, which by the way, those city bikes are concerned. There's way, there's countless people on those city bikes who I know don't have active bank accounts. I don't know how they get those bikes. I don't know. And they're not wearing helmets and then they're going to hurt themselves. <laughs> but, right, I'm going to say, J, I'm going to okay. say JLo. Okay. Okay. I could take that. She looks good for 50, 51, whatever yeah. she is. She looks amazing. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm going okay. So where can everybody find you? Now is the time where you get to plug the shit out of yourself. So the DBS podcast, the acronym stands uh, originally, it stood for um, for dirtbag shit. <laughs> dogs, boxing, sobriety, dogs, beer, uh, drugs, beer, sobriety. The acronym lends itself to many different things. But it's a New York-centric podcast. It's gritty. It's fun. And um, it's my baby, and I've had it for over a year. And I have everyone from comics to uh, photographers who, you know, who shot like stuff in the Lower East Side. But it's very New York centric, and it's it's pretty dope. I'm having a lot of fun with it. And then, so that's the podcast. Then I got the website sergechicone.com, and on there, all the dates. Okay. For like stand up on there, and you know, I'm having a lot of fun with stand up these days. Where you know, you know, I'm back on the road with Chris Stefano and Giannis Papas. And yeah, so I'm having a good time with it, you know? Yeah, I loved your show. It was great. So everybody you, should oh, get tickets. Oh, before we go, yeah, I, I appreciate that. And I appreciate you reaching out because I didn't have that much fun on that show. I remember <laughs> that show being, 
awful because if I remember correctly, you came to a Jersey show that mm-hmm. was outdoors. Yeah. Yeah. Those are not good setups for stand-up. I think no. because, yeah. I think because you get it, it was fine for you yeah. and you were listening and you were engaged. And I think for the most part, people were engaged, like, you know, listening, but it was cavernous. Yes. It was outdoor. It was mm-hmm. hot. It was yes. Hot. Yes. Right. I believe you came to an early show. And um, so and, and the, 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 the people to stage ratio was that it was a, it was a, a distance. Yes. Those are four main things. And, you know, and I never found like a connection. I never found okay. I felt like I was saying I felt like I was saying my comedy. Mm, I know what you mean. Like I yeah. was saying it. And um, and then there was that, that couple, gonna... that couple in the corner that wouldn't stop wooing. She was wooing the whole time. Yeah, and they were real. They were real, like rude to Chris. Like, mm-hmm. I, I believe one of the uh, uh, one of the audience members, Chris was saying a joke. Obviously, they're repeat fans with what I'm about to tell you, but yeah, they, they stepped on his punchline. He was oh yeah, to say something, uh-huh. and they the guy yelled out the the, the punchline. That's not like the most inconsiderate dirtbag shit you could do. Like, you don't oh, the do worst. That. You're, you're ruining that, it for that, everyone else. That was the boyfriend of the wooing girl. The oh, woo, God, woo, woo. Yeah, so I mean that couple makes sense. They're both assholes. <laughs> They're definitely both assholes. And like my friend that was with me was like, wow, Chris was really mean to him. And I was like, he fucking deserves it. He literally stole the joke. Yeah, and it's super inconsiderate to everybody who never heard the joke. Yeah, you, yes. you ruined it for everybody. Yeah. And that guy was probably completely oblivious. He probably thought he was helping the show. You know, like, oh, I know. I know the words to this song. It's not a song. I know. I know. I tried to explain that to my sister the other day. She, Because we went to the New York City Still Rising at Madison Square Garden. And they locked up. We had to lock up our phones. So uh, that was like the Pete Davidson, John Stewart big show at MSG uh, for 9-11. And my sister, like, didn't understand why we had to lock up our phones. I was like, well, two reasons. Dave Chappelle actually kicked somebody out for recording him because the guy got his phone out and he was like, yo, you don't let us speak freely. Like cancel culture is real. Like stop doing that shit. We don't want to be recorded because of cancel culture, but also because you don't want new material out there yet. So like, my- right. I mean, like- it's hard enough to do yeah. like, let the work, this, this is the progression and be present with this shit. Like just be oh, here. Yeah. Be present. That's how, that's what we'll leave it. Listeners, be present. So glad to have you. This was so fun. And hopefully I'll Thank see you, you soon.